0: Good morning. I am uh, Francisque Savignan, the founder of Epartrade. Uh, it is about nine o'clock here in California, and I am with uh, Judy Kin, the co-founder of Epartrade. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, francis I'm so excited, and I'm so thankful to John because he got up at like, three, four in the morning. That is correct. Thank because... you for doing so, John guess what we are going to be traveling to australia and as judy mentioned uh, we are very thankful for john to get up so early in the morning maybe he hasn't been to bed who knows um yet but uh, so good morning everyone and today we're going to be talking about engine uh, cooling technology and we're going to have john from davis craig and we are bringing john to the panel and i'm getting a note from our producer. So John will be starting his camera soon. And then we have our good friend, Marty Stag, who is uh, uh, basically a big ambassador of Austrian products here in, in the U.S. Most of you know Marty from uh, uh, from Turbo Smart, but Marty... With his business partner Nick Cooper, uh, started about eight or nine years ago a distribution business called 3P Connect, and he looks after a lot of those great RCs, uh, you know, from TurboSmart to Pedders to you know, uh, you know, Davis Craigs, obviously Speedflow, and many others. So uh, we are delighted to have you guys this morning with us, and then to host the webinar, we have the great Jeff Hammond, uh, who is back from Daytona.
1: So good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Um, will you stop that? I'm just I'm just a doggone backyard k- mechanic that happens to be uh, a pretty decent analyst. I mean, give me a cut me a break. There's nothing great about me. I'm well, telling you right now, those those kind of words scare me. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I just I really feel like all of a sudden you're putting me uh, way out there. And I feel like I'm out there by myself. I, I like this being in the group, okay? We're just a good. bunch of old racers here. We're going to talk some trash and, and some smack, and we're going to talk some products. I mean, that's what we do, Francis. Good, good. So welcome to the group. Well, thank so, you. I appreciate
0: that. Jeff, you're in charge. Judy and I will disappear for the next 55 minutes, and we'll see you guys very shortly. Enjoy the webinar. Thank you.
1: Thank you, guys. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good morning morning. Yeah. Look, let's let's jump straight into this thing. How about bringing me up to speed because I, I read over the information and everything, but let's just pretend that I've tuned in and I'm going to welcome everybody else who is tuning in or will be tuning in, um, that we're glad you're here. Something that's very important to any kind of product that needs to be cooled, this is where you guys come into play, especially you want to talk about Cooling automobiles and race cars, motorcycles. I'm sure a little bit of everything. John, you can probably bring us up to speed on that better than even I can. But let's ex- try to explain to me. You know what what's going on over here at Davies Creek.
2: Well, where would you like to start? I guess uh, what's important uh, from our perspective is that uh, we've developed this product over the last 20 or so years to the point where we've now got uh, 35 gallon per minute. Electric water pumps, compact, remote-mounted electric water pumps that you can fit on the bottom radiator hose of just about any any car, as well as uh, as well as being used in the superchargers and also turbocharger intercooler applications. Uh, I could uh, go through the the history, but I don't want to bore everybody, bore everybody. But it's been um, been as I say, just over just over 20 years since we. Developed the uh, the 80 liter water pump, or uh, 20 gallons per minute water pump. I've got to talk in gallons. So I'm talking gallons. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, from that perspective, we developed uh, we developed a 30 gallon per minute pump, and now the uh, the 40 gallon per minute pump. So we're pretty excited with this product, and I know Marty, as uh, our partner over there in uh, US, has been very active in um, in promoting our products through the various uh, warehouse distributors. And uh, we're pretty excited with the level of support that we're getting from not only the warehouse distributors, but indeed the customer base over there. It's uh, pretty exciting times for us, to be honest. Well,
1: Marty, you want to give me your perspective of it? Because I want to go back to the fact he said, I don't want to bore anybody about the history, but there's some of that history I want to better understand. So what's your perception of it?
3: I think that's important too. I think John skipped over a couple of things, uh, especially regarding the innovation of Davies Craig and the technologies that they actually pioneered um, in the automotive market. I think you should step back a little bit, John, talk about electric fans. I'm a pretty modest modest
2: guy, you know me, Marty. But uh, yeah, more than happy to talk about the innovation. I mean, it started back in 96, 96 when we, partnered with the CSIRO, that's the Commonwealth Scientific um, Industrial Research Organisation here in Australia, government body, uh, and th- that development, uh, that actually took place over a five-year period before we released the 80, sorry, the, uh, the 20-gallon per minute pump, uh, which has been an absolute revelry. That's been our biggest seller, something like 30 or 40,000 of those units worldwide have been sold. So yeah, which we think, well, it's quite remarkable, but as a compact, standalone, uh, remote mounted electric water pump, it really uh, has been has been a revelation to the industry, either replacing the existing mechanical water pump, or indeed, uh, used to complement the existing mechanical water pump.
3: What about electric fans, John?
2: Well, electric, well, I, I, you want to digress to electric fans? Absolutely. Well, uh, this is
3: engine cooling after all. And Davies indeed. Craig is involved in all aspects of engine cooling.
2: We are indeed. Yeah, well, that's really how the business started. Fifty years ago, two guys mm-hmm. by the name of Darrell Davies and Bill Craig, who are aircraft pilots in actual fact, uh, developed an electric fan by basically taking a uh, the blade fan off an old car and uh, putting building, building these electric, uh, building these electric fans. And, uh, again, as I say, that's that, that was the, that was the core part of our, of the Davies Craig business when it got started.
1: With with that being said, I guess my point is, my question is why, why was there a need for this? I mean, what was the, 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 the main thought of these guys, I mean, I, I read up on it and I understand some of the, the concepts of it because I've been around when we used to run the metal fans on the end of the water pump and cringe every time you rev an engine up, wondering whether or not a fan blade is going to come whizzing by your <laughs> head. So I understand that concept, but there, down in Australia, I'm, I'm again, I'm sitting there thinking this would be something you'd, you'd find being developed maybe in Indianapolis or someplace like that. But I'm surprised the... The need down there, you know, can you can you set, shed some light
2: on that for us? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, it's, this is probably one of the hottest continents in the world, uh, and one of the things that these two guys were keen to develop was obviously looking at gaining. Think back 25 years, and you know, something like that. You take a blade off a off the front of a a radiator fan blade off the front of an engine, and I can tell you, you can develop a hell of a lot more horsepower and. If you're into racing, uh, as we all know, milliseconds are important, uh, and these guys were pretty keen to ensure that they get as much horsepower as they possibly could out of that particular engine. And taking the fan off it made made quite a bit of difference. In some in some instances, some of the cars were uh, developing an extra seven to ten horsepower, and that was that was important when you in the scheme of things when you go racing, uh, and I guess the, the adjunct to that was the development of the electric water pump, which of course saps the, uh, some of the power out of the engine and having that remote mounted and away from the, the actual engine itself um, was also increasing horsepower.
3: And to further expand on that, Mr. Hammett, um, you know, my, my experience dealing with Australian manufacturers over the last 15 years is Australia is an amazing country of people that, I don't know, by design or just the, because it's just a really big island, they're very innovative. There are so many products and so much technology that is all evolved from necessity of guys tinkering, they call it a shed, their back garage, um, to solve a problem because they couldn't, they didn't have access to North American products very easily, for example, or, you know, or Europe or Asia. And so, I mean, modern electronic control units, ECUs, that all came from Australia. Um, You know, the electric fan, that was developed. I mean, you know, they're very popular and common now, but that was developed, you know, in Australia. So many things all came from Australia Um, They're all gearheads. They love cars. They love vehicles. It's just in their DNA. And just because they're somewhat isolated from the rest of the world, at least, you know, a long time ago before we became a global economy, um, they were forced to, you know, create and develop these, you know, incredible products on their own. And as the world opened up, you know, they got, I mean, they even had their own domestic automotive production there. I mean, it's to that level. Obviously that's changed over the last couple of years due to globalization, but you know, there's a lot of innovation and, and an incredible technology that's all come from, you know, backyard mechanics in Australia just trying to solve a problem.
1: No, I, I can understand every bit of that. And and what I'm just amazed is the fact that we we were kind of missing out on that. You know, we were just had our heads down digging here in the in the States, thinking, okay, this is the way we got to do it. And to see what you come up with over there, uh, John is 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 quite. I don't know. It's like again, it's quite uh, amazing, but at the same time, it's fascinating because you know, not recognizing your country as being uh, as crazy about racing as they are, and I, and we really should know better. I really should because I mean, we've seen some of them come to the United States, and and we've sent. Uh, I mean, during the off season, we know a lot of. Uh, especially sprint car racers they want to come to your country because again you're you're, you guys kind of like you know are running when we're not so it's convenient and it gives people Mm. a lot of opportunities to go down there and share technology and I I think the other part of it is is you've taken the simple equation of where do you find horsepower and you feel like you're maxed out or you're restricted on it well that's free horsepower you take a fan off drag on the engine you know pull any anything is slowing it down same thing with the water pump we know we've got okay. to cool we know we've got to run water through it how better can we do it electric you know if you got a good you know you've got to run an alternator if you got a good alternator that's that's free that's a free way to do it and the efficiency with what i know when we first started switching over to electric fans um I don't think we did very good job here because we had a lot of fan failures and it wasn't your product. It was other people's product that thought they had the right idea. And mm-hmm. I, it didn't take very long to come up with the, the, the realization that we need to look worldwide at some of the stuff. And then, particularly I do know and talk to some, uh, one of the engine builders this past weekend about your product and how it is one of the most revered and reliable products on the market today
2: well thank you well look as you say 50 years of 50 years of development and technology it, it, it obviously started with a pretty simple and pretty basic fan but like everything else you we spend a lot of money on research and development to ensure that these particular fans are going to cut are going to cut it because it's important that they do we offer a two-year warranty with all our fans which i think is a is a probably industry benchmark from uh, from what i can gather and uh Look, we have a great uh, we have a great source of what we call pancake motors for the uh, for the thermatic fans, and again we've had that same source for the last 45 years. They've been very very cooperative with us, and uh, as I say, from the number of fans we have eight inch, nine inch, ten inch, twelve inch, 14 and 16 inch fans, um, and again as I say we we're pretty proud of that particular product, and also proud of the electric water pump because in in this situation the two work in situ the electric the electric fan the electric water pump and we do have a uh, a controller that will control both those particular elements of the of the engine cooling process and it's it's uh, pretty important to get a uh, a a cool and a even flow of engine coolant uh, at a time when the engine's revving its head off um and uh either in traffic or whatever it's pretty important that um the coolant flow is as even as it possibly can to ensure that you get a, a an effective cooling process. Real quick,
1: guys, we're we're starting to get some questions from some of the folks that are viewing, and Double uh, A Ram would like to know. You know, our, he made a, they made a statement to begin with. Australians have got a lot of cool cars that we never get here too. They don't want you to forget that, but they also want to know where are David Craig's product manufactured? Or right, is everything come from
2: Australia, or do you guys have a? Indeed. manufacturer? Right no, it's all manufactured. It's all manufactured here in uh, in Melbourne, Victoria, and uh, we, as I say, we're very, obviously, very proud of that. But not forgetting that, uh, as as Marty pointed out earlier, you know, we're just a little island in the middle of the Pacific down here, you know, 25 million people, and you know, America, where 350 million people uh, reside. Uh, we clearly wanted to take this product to the American market, and uh, for that, we can be thankful for 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 3p connect who uh and without going into all the details but marty and i met probably at at 10 years ago at a pri show and uh marty was chasing a an electric booster pump for a snowmobile we had this discussion the other day having a bit of a laugh um and uh really it developed from there and uh look nick cooper's a very close friend of ours uh uh, and uh, we partnered with, we've partnered with uh, 3P Connect and as I say it's been, it's, it's been a happy marriage, I can assure you it's been uh, been a lot of fun and it's been a great ride and we ain't done yet. Got a, there's a lot of work to be done and uh, we're looking forward to progressing that over over the next well, over the next generation or so.
1: You know, real quick, you mentioned where your manufacture plan is. I'm sure there's a lot of people around the world now. The ones that deal with you, they know this, but the ones who don't, what is it like to place an order to get a product from your you know, company to them? And you know, what kind of timeframes are we looking like?
2: Well, okay, good question, Jeff. Uh, the good part about this is first of all, we keep good stock with, with, with Marty at 3P Connect in California. So mm-hmm. as far as getting stock, that's the easy part. We, get, we have a, a six to eight week time frame to get the stock into Marty's warehouse. Uh, and, and we've got some great uh, inventory management systems to ensure that we've got the right stock in the right place at the right time. Pretty simple. Sounds simple, but underneath it's a bit like a, a duck on water. It's not doing much on the surface, but underneath it's paddling like crazy. And that's really what we're doing in terms of getting our product to market. And uh, again, as I say, Marty has been um, been instrumental in assisting us to get to that get to that point. That most of most of the highly regarded warehouse distributors. Do have our products in stock, and it can get it overnight out of California.
1: Marty, what uh, what say you about how you've been able to come up with such a great system? Because everybody knows, normally when you get on the other side of the world, it doesn't get here very quickly. So you, know, it takes a lot of planning. It takes it making sure that you've got what what you're anticipating. Not only that, uh, it kind of like the future stuff when it comes out, but also the regular stuff from day to day to make sure you don't run short.
3: Sure. So, sorry about that. Damn California, (laughs) title 14 lighting. Um, (laughs) So we, obviously we have a, you know, an advanced inventory management system, but um, Davies Craig and all of my Australian partners um, clearly understand that um, stock is king, right? I, I smash this through to them daily, right? Um, My customers, you know, the people that we sell to where you know where the pipeline for these products includes summit racing and jegs and all of your major distributors in north america keystone autumn all of them are are my customers they stock the product as well and they're counting on us to provide them you know the channeling make sure that they're supplied constantly through you know regular stocking orders and drop shipping so we handle all of that for them so we work together and we have real-time inventory feeds to these customers as well. So they constantly know every night they get an updated report. What do we have in our warehouse? Okay. You know, I talk to people at Davies Craig mm. very regularly and they actually get a report out of our system regularly as well as to current inventory feeds. So these days with technology, um, the information is available real-time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I have a full staff of people here as well that support these customers. So, you know, they call and do stock checks. They need advice on the products or what have you. So we're the local people that help them. And then should there be a need outside of normal U.S. business hours or a technical question that my people can't handle? Obviously, John and his team are available as well. So the level of support is multi-layered, um, mm. and we leverage technology to provide these customers with what they need.
1: You guys sound like your your counterparts to ePartrade me. I, maybe that's one of the reasons why y'all work so well together. Because I've always said this new uh, format that they have, as far as keeping people uh, educated on what's going on around the world, is the twenty four seven ability to get online and do something. Uh, tell everybody right now, John. What time
2: is it where you are? Uh, it's twenty past four in the morning. Past four.
1: Yeah. Now, is that yesterday know. or is that tomorrow?
2: That's just, yes, that's tomorrow for you. Yeah. You're right. okay. We're, we're fif- 15 hours, 16 hours ahead of you. Yeah. And we're ahead of you in technology as well, but I won't, let's not go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: Hey, it ain't bragging if it's true, is it?
2: <laughs> right. Huh? That's right. Oh, no. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave the bragging to Marty. He's pretty good at, he's pretty good at doing that. But uh, I'm American. just uh, echoing uh, what Marty said, um, the, the you know, the, the great thing about what we do is, with uh, answering customer inquiries and things like that, I get uh, we basically I get emails, um, come and I've had three or four this morning already that come into our office basically overnight. And we can basically answer that. We certainly answer those. We've got a pretty strict policy here of answering customer queries, technical questions within a matter of hours, and we can get that information back. So when Marty gets into work and Gloria and his team, Marty and his team, and Gloria and so on get into work, they can they've got an answer. And in actual fact, what we do, in a lot of instances, the emails come from the customer. We email back to the customer directed, copy in, copy in Marty and the team, and it seems to work pretty well, Marty, doesn't it?
3: And if you think about it, with Australia's time zones being so just about opposite of ours, and the the, the way the international timeline works. Our customers, our customers, virtually have 24/7 access to someone. Exactly. Right. When you really think about it, there's really exactly. only one day a week when we're both not working. That's it. Correct. Yep. So, it's about as real time as anything can possibly be. Okay. The technology. Or, uh, the
2: technology. Oh, sorry, Jeff. I was just going to say the technology we have today, and here we are, regardless of whatever the time of the day it is, that we can sit down, we can talk about product, we can talk. Uh, again, as I round the world, 24 seven. And if you have to get up at three o'clock in the morning to discuss product, it's no big deal to me. And I don't think it's any big deal to other guys in the industry that we talk to in Australia as well. We understand that it's, it's important that communication is absolutely key in, in this whole uh, situation, that the information that we have at hand is, is disseminated as quickly as it possibly can be to the, to the people that are chasing it.
1: Okay, gentlemen, uh, we got a question here from Mark. And he wants to know, what's the difference today compared to five or 10 years ago in the cooling technologies? I mean, what- I'll handle that. Okay.
3: Then John, you can back me up if you want. Go Go ahead, go ahead. I think about this a lot. So if you think about it, as we adapt from mechanical thermal management, cooling, right, so an engine mounted fan, an engine mounted pump, their parasitic losses, these other things, there's another key component um, there that you need to think about, and that is um, warming up of the engine and then heat soak after shutdown. And, and Mr. Hammond, you'd be very familiar with this, right? Yeah. So adapting electric, electronic technology. Um, in addition, there's another product <clears throat> that Davies Craig has that we haven't mentioned yet, which would be the engine cooling you know, controllers. Um, you're able to adjust the fan speed and the flow of that pump based on whatever parameter you want. So if you want quicker warm-up, let's slow down the pump, let's slow down the fan, engine warms up quicker and then it's able to maintain a much more consistent temperature. So let's say it's a street vehicle and especially in California and you're cruising along and traffic comes to a stop, right? A engine mounted fan and pump, right? When you're sitting there idling, the flow slows down. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then let's say you have your air conditioning on and and these other things that are putting additional load on the motor, you know, temperatures, especially in older vehicles, can start to rise. Well, if it's decoupled from the engine and being run by the ECU or, you know, a controller, we can speed up the fan and pump regardless of the engine speed and maintain a consistent temperature, which improves efficiency of the motor, emissions, you name it. In addition, in a motorsports or racing application, Um, You come into the pits. You're done. You need to shut it down for a little while in NASCAR. For example, they bring out fans and these other things and hook them up to auxiliary coolers so they don't heat soak. But most people don't have access to that. Well, with with proper technology and electronic fan and, and engine water pump, you can keep that thing running for a few minutes to keep the engine from heat soaking and developing hot spots and, you know, number eight cylinder or whatever and then have the thing automatically shut itself off when the temperature reaches, you know, whatever your desired parameter is. So that's the big difference that technology has brought in over five or 10 years ago when everything was mechanical, you know, your little mechanical thermostat was all you had to kind of restrict the flow to get it to warm up. But then the problem of, you know, stopping and sitting idling for an extended amount of time or in racing and motorsports applications, heat soak, and the damage and the effects it has on the engine after you know a few laps of wide open throttle all of these things are taken out of the equation now so mm. you can literally your vehicle could be more smart about its cooling and thermal management mm.
2: the, the, the good thing as marty has said you can actually switch the engine off and the actual water pump and the fan will continue to run uh, and that's very 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 important because you must keep the cool and circulating after engine shutdown. And it'll actually drag the temperature down then. Over my, uh, well, I think it's left or right shoulder, I'm not sure which way you're looking at it, but the car that we've done a lot of work with is a, uh, a 550 Spyder, which does have a two and a half litre Subaru water cooled fuel injected engine. It's got a water, it's got a water pump a fan and water pump up the front. And it's, uh, it races and I can tell you, it. It's absolutely brilliant. When you come into the pits, you can just turn the engine off and get out and walk away from it, and come back in five minutes' time, and it's ready to go out again. Uh, it's that it's that good, and all with a little thing like this, a little four and a half inch electric water pump that pumps out pumps out up to forty gallon, forty gallons a minute, and then it's controlled by this little diamond, the digital the digital controller. Where are we? Somewhere there. Right there. Now, yeah. yep. it's um, obviously it's all hooked up. It's uh, basically a plug and play. And uh, frankly, we have had a lot of success with both the uh, electric water pump and the digital controller. And there's plenty of people around the world that can can vouch for that, it doesn't have to come from me. But I'm sure Marty's got a, a number of people that he can refer to who've, um, who've used certainly the water pump in in just, uh, in, the, in well, in the intercooler and supercharger application as well. We haven't even talked about that. Um, and I'll let Marty elaborate on that if you have to, but from our perspective, uh, again, we, it's a matter of getting the product to market and thankfully our good people, at, and Marty and his good people at 3P Connect are doing a, a fabulous job in ensuring that the market uh, is, is being looked after and being catered for.
1: Well, we still got questions coming here, guys. Uh, you ready for a few more?
2: Yeah, I got that one. Hi. Right. That's from my young man. That's from my young man in France. I know that. Hi, Demi. How are you? Um, oh, Interesting. Marty touched on a point in respect to OE. One of the things that most people would be aware, you try and get an OE to spend a dollar, um, good luck. They're, uh, they, they, they've, got the, they've got the deepest pockets and the shortest hands in the world, some of the OEMs. Uh, they don't spend a lot of money on electric water pumps, but there are some European manufacturers that do use an electric water pump, um, and that, that it is it is a developing market. And the other thing that we haven't even touched on yet, of course, is the electric vehicle market, and that's 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 coming at a great rate of knots as well. And there certainly batteries are needing to be cooled at the same at the same time. So, at this stage, uh, we haven't well we've done a little bit of work with some of the OEMs, but uh, again, as I say, when they when it gets to price and cost, they, again as I say, they they guard every dollar, and and because it's such a a competitive market, they've they've stuck with basically most of the older technology. Uh, but look, I think we're going to see that change over the next decade or so.
1: Well, we still got a question question here from Christopher, and he wanted to know, in y'all's opinion, does sizing a water pump for application involve a ratio of mass flow? The power output, and what other factors
2: weigh in when you make recommendations? Well, well, Marty, you might you want to talk about that in respect to the um, to the U.S. engines.
3: Well, the short answer is yes, but a lot of times I think people overcomplicate things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, somehow, some way, there is a thermostat in the system or some sort of smart controls happening. I have a, a Porsche, for example, and it's all electric. And I bring it in, you know, after a drive where I bring it in the garage. And I remember the first day we got it, my wife's like, why is the car sound like it's still running? It was all of the coolers and fans and things in the water pump still running because it, it has all of this technology built in. Mm. Um, so my, 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 my opinion on this is you really can't have, too big of a water pump, really electric water pump. Um, at the end of the day, they'll all do a very good job. I have my own preferences, but the vehicle itself will do what it needs to restrict the water flow, um, so you don't really have overcooling. I guess the only place this would be a problem is in really cold climates, Canada or Alaska or what have you. Mm-hmm. But you know those are typically more special applications. Um, but if you really wanted, to, if you were, had something very odd um, and you were designing a completely new system, then I guess you could get that far into it, but um, we kind of already, we just, it's just experience. No, this Mm. pump will handle this many cubic inches of engine and this type of, you know, heat rejection that you need. Um, And it's pretty simple.
2: Yeah, Marty's right. And we've got a, uh, there's an application chart on our website. So basically cubic capacity, you can't, as you say, you can't, you can't put a, a, a too large a water pump on an engine because you've got the, the controls and the mechanisms that are gonna control the flow commensurate with engine temperature anyway, which is which is pretty important. So uh yeah but um again whether it's a small engine be it a, a one-liter engine or a seven liter engine we've got them pretty well covered and uh, again as I say there's a application chart on the on the website we're I mean, more than happy to field any questions if someone's got some other questions relating to particular en- uh, any particular engine that may require some cooling it,
1: is it is it part of the equation we, you haven't heard you mention it yet uh we got the fans we got the water pump what about the radiator itself i mean matching that up as far as you know uh how many flues you think it needs to be to make it effective you know you know mm. you've you got enough you got overkill you know how how do you is that part of the equation what we're talking about here well
2: good question that's a good question one of the, and i haven't got it in front of me but one of the tests that were done by it was done in california uh they took a uh, i think they took a little listen i'm going back a while now so but one of the things that they they did was to test with an electric water pump a mechanical water pump and they found that they could reduce the size of the radiator by 27 percent, which is pretty significant so now the the, the good news from that but from that outcome is that you don't need to change your radiator. The radiator that you've currently got in the vehicle is going to be absolutely adequate, more than adequate. If you want to downsize, fine. And yes, you can do the equation to work out exactly how far, how small a radiator you you could put put in the vehicle. But it's not necessary to spend that sort of money to go and spend another thousand dollars or how much a radiator is going to cost, but some of the good ones are right up there. Uh, you just don't need to spend that sort of money, you know. The, the electric water pump and the electric fan, uh, disengaging the existing mechanical pump if you don't want to take it off the block, uh, are absolutely is absolutely fine.
3: And I'd say in in your in special instances where you're building something from scratch, a complete combination, your your builder or someone just seek advice. It's just experience, right? <clears throat> seek the advice of your builder that's done it before. Um, that that's more often than not. That's that's the right way to go because mm. again, you can you can work yourself in circles trying to come up with the perfect flow and, and number of fans and number of co- you know rows through the core and this and that. Talk to someone yep. that's already done it get, and get their advice from experience. Mm-hmm. You're you're better yep. off that way. You'll save yourself a lot of headache and time and wasted money.
2: Exactly, Marty's absolutely right. We work on the Kiss principle. Keep it sure. simple. <laughs> I'm yeah. right here with you. I'm right here with you. <laughs> yeah. because, uh, no, it, it's
1: always great to have people you can talk to and can help you be smarter rather than proving yourself you're not as smart as you think you are.
3: Everyone's an engineer That's these days. Always
1: works out. I, I, the other question I'd have is, how much involvement, Marty, especially here in the United States, do you have with the different uh, racing, you know, series? You know, from NASCAR to you know what you know. Do they call you from time to time and talk about, it? like I said, we got some stuff coming down with this new 2022 car. And I'm just wondering, are they already looking at possibly moving in this direction as far as uh, electric water pumps and, and changing the, the, the scene?
3: We, we hear from various sanctioning bodies fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because my business is so diversified, we handle everything from engine hard parts to you know, cooling system. So we kind of cover the gamut. Um, But some of, you know, a vast majority like NASCAR is very heavily regulated, right? Um, So a lot of times that's what's dictating which way they're going and who they're using. Right. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say a lot of what I think of how some of this stuff comes about, but uh, it's cubic dollars (laughs) Um, and most large, organization. So the manufacturers of certain products may be involved in those decisions as well um, through their various programs. But um, we do get involved and we get asked to get involved from time to time. And it just depends. It really depends.
1: Yeah. Well, here we got we've got an email I think we really need to share because I think it's it's a reason why people listen to these uh, webinars here on Epartrate and, and why it's so important uh, for you not to miss one and keep up with what's going on in the near future because they're going to keep them coming. But A Racing, I think, is, is who the party is. And he's saying, I'm part of a huge network of drift racers from grassroots levels through pro. I'm yeah. jumping around in my seat right now with excitement right? because of the cooling a car that's on the rev limit or sideways with no forced air has always been a challenge especially in the summertime, when the track temperatures are well over hundred degrees.
2: Well, I can certainly answer that. I can answer that one. I can answer that one. We have a lot of drifters in this country and uh, I don't think there's a drifter car or a time attack car down here that wouldn't have an electric water pump. You just cannot run a drift car without, without uh, the, elect- the assistance of an electric water pump and even the electric fans. You're absolutely right. They're, they're, they're driving sideways and uh, in some instances we've had guys that have developed radiators so the air can come in sideways but what's important is that the coolant flow is consistent commensurate with the engine temperature in other words that sure. they're getting that they're on the river and these things they're pulling seven eight ten thousand rpm and the engine absolutely is revving its head off and of course the situation you've got is that there's no way a mechanical water pump will keep up It'll just start to cavitate, and next thing you know, you've 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 cooked an engine or you've boiled an engine, so your day's over, or at least that particular run's over. So from our perspective, the the electric water pump is uh, is is absolutely the way to go, and because it's such a universal fit, as I showed you before, you know, little little four and a half inch water pump here that bolts onto the bottom radiator hose. You know, it's pretty simple. We try and but keep I'm- it simple. We try and keep it simple
3: down here more specific to drifting especially is 99% of them have Uh a rear mounted radiator. They relocate the radiator. So it requires a remote style water pump. I don't care whose it is. And I will tell you some of the top drift racers in North America are using Davies Craig water pumps that that EWP 150 to do the job. So I know that for from experience.
1: Okay. And and when you say that, how about the the dirt racers. I mean, a lot of them yeah. I know they've been trying to, you know, do the same thing. You don't want to put the radiator up front because it gets full of mud. So yep. we can put it behind and throw and yep. it
2: back and forth. Again, we're going to cool off.
1: Same, same deal, Jeff. Yeah, same, same deal.
2: Exactly. We've got radiators that you put a radiator in the trunk, and it's exactly what Marty said. You've got the water pump, remote water pump on the on the bottom of the radiator hose pumping the coolant all the way through to the to the to the front of the front of the engine or front of the vehicle. And you, Really, uh, it's, if you fancy finishing a race, that's the only, that's the only way to do it. And it, A lot of the dirt track races over here would have a radiator in the trunk.
3: And the ideal solution is you have two pumps in series. So you'd have one up near the front and one in the back by the radiator. And these pumps can pump through each other and mm. um, handle any sorts of G-forces or in you know, an off-road vehicle, a stadium truck, for example, they're jumping and doing a lot of things, right? Um, you, you run two pumps. And it works yep. phenomenal. Now,
1: now when you, when you say that, it, they're and they're running at the same time. But if one quits, you still the other have
3: one can overcome no it. No problem.
2: It will keep going. It'll yep. run through the other one, Jeff. Correct. The the, yep. the, 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 the impeller is a freewheeling impeller. The motor. The, It'll be a very very minor in, um, flow impediment, but the, the other pump would just take over. And even with with applications where they've kept
3: the mechanical pump, yep. we actually will run a Davies Craig remote pump as a booster pump, if you want to call it that. And we just say yep. basically remove the thermostat or drill a hole in it to free All up right. some flow. But you'll actually run the stock pump and this pump as a remote mounted booster pump um, to improve the coolant flow, um, where you know maybe it's still running pretty much stock everything except they put twin turbos on it. And now it's making 1200 horsepower. So you got 1200 horsepower LS with a stock radiator and a stock water pump. Add Davies Craig auxiliary pump as a booster. Right. And you know pick, pick up some additional flow and help with the cooling. It's very common.
1: Mm. Since a lot of times your, your units are being run off the ECU, we all know that the ECU requires quite a bit of uh, power from the battery
2: make it run efficiently.
1: How does your product match up there? I mean, do, you, do you draw a lot of power running this a little small water pump? Oh, I'm glad most you asked that
2: question. Yeah. Glad you asked that question because it's, it's, um, it, it absolutely running flat out draws less than 10 amps. Mm. That's it's
3: it. It's the most efficient in the industry because of the impeller design and the motor that's used.
1: Mm. Yep. All right, we got another question here, guys. And I hope I get his name. David Kantz road racing road racing application is there a benefit using the alloy pump versus a
2: nylon version good question uh no short answer the alloy pump primarily was developed it's got dash 16 fittings internal threads and for some applications especially drag racing etc who they don't like radiator hoses you can't get a car scrutinized with with conventional radiator hoses on it so the alloy pump initially was developed with that in mind uh, as far as the nylon pump is concerned this if with uh, the ewp 115 which is a 30 gallon per minute pump uh, and the alloy or there's no difference in capacity no difference in performance and if one's about 350 400 grams lighter than the other and if you're chasing weight then you'd go with a nylon one subject to where you're going to mount it in the vehicle if they if, if it's going to be in a in a place where it's not going to be exposed to exhaust heat or manifold heat or whatever. But no, in fact, uh, the nylon electric water pump was the one that we first developed back in 1999. And that's still our major seller, one of our biggest sellers today.
1: Okay, Marty, what uh, what else can you share with us today as far as, is there anything in the system or John one that you'd like to talk talk about before we, can, I like I say, we got about another fifteen minutes here, <laughs> so I want to make sure if there's anything that's that's in the future future of uh, David Craig's that we need to know
2: about. uh oh, well, if I oh, if I told you, I'd have to I'd have to shoot you. No, um, shoot seriously, dead. shoot more. <laughs> <dead. laughs> <laughs> he
3: wants to some days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, it's okay.
2: we look, yeah, we we're, we're in a constant state of. Uh, research and development we mm-hmm. looking at various flow rates of electric water pumps looking at uh, various um, impeller design and uh, volume chamber design of electric water pumps to we still want to keep them compact and we still we're still chasing flow as marty knows he's been at me and at me and we we're, we're still we're still working on it it's um look it's it's and also the other interesting aspect of course is looking at brushless Brushless motors suitable for electric water pumps as well that's another area that we're spending a fair bit of time and a fair bit of uh, research and development on so look it's I can all I can say is watch this space. And we will certainly keep the industry well and truly informed, once we have something that we can uh, that we feel comfortable about to show people.
1: All right. So Marty, if I come to California, you're going to show me the warehouse and, and, and expose me to some of this uh, technology that I keep seeing, but I want to see it firsthand. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. We uh, we have everything in stock. We have a very large facility and a, and a great team here that supports all of these products. Mm. Um, like I said, every major distributor in North America is a channel for these products. So they're readily available. There's no hidden secret password you need to get these products they're readily available everywhere Mm. um and we are the you know the pipeline for these products so we're not specifically a distributor we are a supplier to the distributors so we Mm. are literally davies craig north american office so we help them with development r d the warehousing the local support etc and it's the same for the other 10 australian brands that we support so this that's what that's our purpose so we are the pipeline. We are the ones that build the bridge between Australia and North America. That's where we and sit. That,
2: and that is absolutely, that, that is very important because we found when we first came to, to PRI and SEMA, yeah, everyone liked our product. They thought it was absolutely fantastic. And as soon as you said, where can you get it? You said, oh, well, we bring it in from, you know, you, we've got to import it from Australia. The, the, the conversation almost stopped. So we recognized very early in the piece that we needed to have People like Marty and, and his team on the ground to ensure that we could get the product very quickly to North America and he in turn get it get it out into the marketplace. And someone asked earlier how, how
3: quickly you ship it. Um, we do our best to ship it the same day but the, our statement is it ships between one and three days. It's out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, with the volume of business we have, that's how quick we ship it. But for example, for a drop ship, let's say, You know, someone, (laughs) one of these distributors out and they need it drop shipped. Uh, We work very hard to ship it the same day we get it, as long as it comes within a reasonable amount of time before noon, for example. And another thing that I guess is important to understand, there's a reason why we're located in Southern California on the West Coast. Um, This enables us to ship until 7.30 PM Pacific time. So if you've got a racer or someone who's need in Florida at a track and you know, it's Friday night and something happened. They need something next day aired to the track for Saturday a.m. delivery. We can do that. We do that regularly. Yeah. We're five minutes from the West Coast UPS and FedEx hubs. So I have a guy that goes to the airport to the hubs every night just for those last minute packages.
2: Yeah. So the,
3: the service level um, is very important to us and our customers. And they realize that Absolutely. in addition, we're only one hour from the port. So when something comes in, we have it generally the next day that it clears customs, right? I can't Mm. control the port operations, but it doesn't then have to go and get put on a train and then shipped off to Indy or something. Don't get me wrong. I love Mm. Indy, but the reason why we're here is because this is from a logistics standpoint, it makes the most sense for supplying the market. And let's, let's be honest. Amazon has trained everybody that, um, they think, (laughs) um, if they place their order somewhere on some website that some fairy drops it in a box and it shows up on their doorstep the next day. Um, that's how the, con- the American consumer at least thinks these days. So it is important that the products are readily available and they get them quickly, or they, you know, they get frustrated and move on to something else. So it is our aim to do the best that we can to provide that level of service that they're expecting.
1: Okay, with all that being said, but there are from time to time, there are distributors on the East Coast that carry your product.
3: Oh, they do. They all stock it. Yeah. Yep, for, for sure.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So, with the apartrate uh, platform that's out there, if they get online and, and look at you, look your uh, company up, they can find these, manufa- I mean, these distributors here on the East Coast, or you need to go straight to you, Marty.
3: No, no, absolutely. And they're listed on Davies Craig website. We're very public and very supportive about that. And look, if there's a part in the country, you know, an area that's not well covered by a distributor, we're happy to talk to new potential distributors as well.
2: Mm -hmm. I can tell you if if Marty needs something in a hurry, we've worked out a system, we can get get parts into Marty's warehouse within about two days, three days. We go to that level, they will air freight.
3: If I say to my partners, guys, we're in trouble here, we had a big run or for example, we do support a, a, a manufacturer of engines for a specific racing series, and they got a new program coming up, and they needed more stock of something, and we didn't have enough of it. I'm like, guys, I need your help. They put it on a plane. Yeah. That's the level of commitment that I require from our partners and that they've, they've committed to me, you know, me yeah. and this market as well. If they want to be serious about the North American market, they need to be serious about supporting it, and they do it. And as John right said, I mean, just a few weeks ago, they put a pallet on a plane. It's incredibly expensive, but it's important that we have the products and we can supply the customers.
1: No, you know how everybody in, the, in any kind of industry, especially the racing world, we need it yesterday. Absolutely. Yep. You know, and because yep. we're tomorrow, we, we gotta have it, and we gotta be racing. So, uh, no matter who you are, you never plan always perfect. You know, a lot of people yep. think they got their inventory where they need for it to be, but when you have that that slip. We need somebody like you and John and Marty to be able to cover our butts for our mistake. You know, so that's just the way the
2: world works, especially in racing applications. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, again, unfortunately, unfortunately accidents happen and and breakages happen because you're, you're stretching product in the motor racing fraternity to to the nth degree. And sometimes things let go. And at the end of the day, you've got to make sure you've got to make sure you've got the the product there to back it up because the guy wants to get back out onto the track. Yesterday.
1: <laughs> hey, yep. uh, Mark Owens from uh, our one of our attendees. He wants to know, Marty, have you ever spoken with uh, the RRS Motorsports in Sydney?
3: I have not. No, I haven't.
1: Say it's a great product. Yeah. Great
3: well, product. I'm, I'm happy to talk to them if they have some interest. I'll tell you, um, 3P Connect doesn't advertise 3P Connect specifically. Um, the whole reason why it started was because other Australian manufacturers saw what I had done with, you know, our primary business, TurboSmart, and said, hey, I think you're onto something. Would you help us? And I just kept right. hearing this common need for help. And mm-hmm. I told Nick, I said, Nick, I got an idea. A lot of these Australian companies need some help. Should we, you know, should we start replying to them and see if we can help them? And I'll tell you, Davies Craig was the second company that came to us. Um, so they were the second three P connect customer. And now, you know, nine years on, you know, there's 10 Australian brands that we help, um, we're, we're kind of unique, um, but it was all about solving a problem. Um, and if someone has a need and needs some help, I'm happy to talk to them, but it mm-hmm. has to fit our model. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of direct about this, but my model is based around great products, great people and great service. If you can't tick those boxes, I'm I'm you know, I'll just be honest, I'm sorry. I I don't have time for you. I'm we're not in the commodity business. I don't I don't pedal widgets, right? Yeah. We provide world-class service to world-class companies here and I want only world-class products in my building. I'm you know, yeah. I'm a little older and I guess I can be a little more jaded about that, but that's how I feel. I want to be I don't want to worry about all the people calling with their problems and I you know, provided, you know, crap. I'm not interested in that. Oh, I want to. Oh, what I want to do is come in on Monday morning and see my email inbox full of people just talking about how they just won this race or set this new record, and that's what gets me up every day. I'm very passionate about it.
1: Yep. So, John, besides the the, the the thermal cooling deal, does your does your company do anything else or got anything else
2: on in works as far as you know what, what they you know are uh, working on? No, look, we we pretty much. Uh, we're very focused on on engine on on the engine cooling technology, whether it be water pumps the size that I've showed you, or or booster pumps that we also supply. That's 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 our that's our business: electric water pumps and electric fans. And again, we've never really deviated from that. We we have some other products you can probably see in the background here, transmission oil coolers that we market in Australia only. But at, quite frankly, uh, that's a small part of our business. Our, the main core part of our business is electric water pumps and electric fans. Hey, I got one real quick,
1: kind of off the wall. We've been talking high performance products mainly. But how about, I mean, I'm a farmer, okay? I farm sometimes. I mean, I I put up hay and, and do all kinds yep. of things. Do you ever have uh, people calling from other types of industry saying, would this work on a tractor?
2: Absolute, absolutely, okay. All the time. Well, yeah, I can, absolutely, yeah. You know, I got a guy here that had a little um, Kubota tractor, and he had—he uh, was having issues with cooling. And he, I said, "Hey, just stick a little boost." <clears throat> you know, was, I think it was a one and a half, two-liter, 15 horsepower tractor. And I said it was a thermo-siphoning one, so anything we were going to do was going to improve it. So right. we put uh, an electric—or offered him an electric booster pump, and he's happy as a sandboy, just because yep. he, he knew he could go out mowing and. Doing all the things that he wanted to do with his tractor without the thing overheating and having to stop to let it, giving it the time to cool down. The other interesting um, area that we're looking at, uh, well, we're more than looking at it, the marine in the marine application. We see, we can see where remote mounted electric water pump can be very beneficial in the marine application with uh, various types of um, usage in marine. So Watch this space. There's a few things uh, we're looking at in that area as well.
3: Let's face it; these pumps and fans don't know what they're connected to, right? If it's an internal combustion engine <coughs> or an electric vehicle that has batteries and need cooling, there's a, there's a place for these pumps.
1: Mm. Well, is there? And Double uh, re- A Racing also asked: Is there anything unique about your electric fans,
2: John? Um, well, I mean, what's important with an electric fan? They all to be honest they all look the same but what's absolutely vital is the the capacity of the motor to give you the cubic feet per minute nothing else matters at the end of the day nothing matters cfm is king in in uh, as far as fans are concerned if you can't if you haven't got a fan that develops a certain amount of cubic feet per minute um comparatively speaking and there's plenty of them in the market if you want to go and uh, go and look for them um which which have got smaller motors and quite frankly, half of them wouldn't part the hair on your head, but you've got to make sure that the motor is strong. If it's not strong, it will not do the job. And you're mindful of the fact that you've got radiators today, three and four core sophisticated radiators, sophisticated product. And if you can't either push or pull the air through and keeping in mind, ours are reversible. So you can actually put it on the front of the radiator or the back of the radiator. And quite frankly, uh, it's important that the, the CFM is king.
1: Well, I mean, I, there again, when you get back to sort of making sure that you got a product, and you think about all the money you put into building the unit. I mean, I talk about building; I'm talking about building a race car, and, mm. and you get down to the final part of it. You spent sixty thousand, seventy thousand, a hundred thousand dollars on the engine. You spent a hundred thousand dollars on the chassis, and if you can't keep it cool, mm. you, you just- For nothing.
2: you're, yeah. you're not dead, absolutely. Yeah. we you, you're absolutely right, Jeff. We, we, we field questions regularly from customers who've again spent that sort of money, eye, eye-watering, eye-watering money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still persisting with an existing old, you know, iron age old mechanical water pump. And I'm thinking, heavens above, you know, you've, you've got you, and of course, as we all know, you develop horsepower, you're going to develop heat, and if you if you can't get the heat out of the engine, you're, you're nowhere. And it's absolutely vital that you look at all aspects of of the uh, of the engine when you when you are doing the sort of things that you've just mentioned and spending that sort of money. It's absolutely important. Something like this, that spending an extra 400 dollars on an electric water pump, you know, it's it's a drop in the ocean, and it's but it but it's a very important drop in the ocean.
1: Yeah. Well, what, what I love about it is the fact you have the ability to shut the engine down and and keep the circulation going. So you gradually Absolutely. pull that heat out instead yeah, of yeah. leaving it all trapped in the block or in the, even right. in the radiator. I mean, that's not good. I mean, it's almost like, think about this. You wouldn't heat up a piece of metal that's important and throw it in, and quench it because yeah. you never know what you're going to cr- you know create. You crack, cert- I mean, it's just...
2: It's not a good oh. idea. And this oh, is- I agree, good. absolutely. Good. I, mean, I mean, a lot of, a lot of um, one of the things that a lot of people were doing was just using a radiator fan after engine shutdown, but don't, all that does is cool the coolant in the radiator. What about the poor old engine that's sitting there mm-hmm. chuffing its head off and heat soaking like crazy? It's important to keep the coolant circulating through the block, through the radiator, back through the block again. And it, it's absolutely vital if you're looking to keep the temperatures of an engine yeah. down once you shut it down.
1: And again, to your point, think about heat transfer between casted and aluminum. Yeah. You know? So you keep well, it all going. You know, you're you're helping the whole product, especially the head gaskets, the valves. Mm-hmm. They're not warping. Everything goes hand in hand. So Absolutely. Uh, great product, great ideas. And I see that Judy and Francis has joined us back. So it must be telling me that we're getting very close to the end of our uh, time limit. They got this real sneaky way of kind of like popping up on the screen, you know, when you uh-huh. least expect them. But uh,
2: <laughs> look, it's been, always great. Watching. it's been great.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's been fabulous. I, I really, uh, and Francisca, we go back a long way, mate. And I just want to say, thank you very much. First of all, congratulations on your repart trade. Uh, it, it's wonderful. And you're really, you're right. The electronic platforms today, uh, you know, you, you're further back than fullback if you don't adopt an electronic and a digital platform in this in this industry it's absolutely important to keep communications with good people like you and uh, we might be 12,000 miles away but really we're only we're as close as we are today just uh, talking to each other ensuring that we pass on all the good news that we've got to uh, to give your good people over there and uh, as I say and uh, I just want to also just compliment Marty given the COVID-19 restrictions that we've had these guys are doing an absolutely fantastic job working day and night i ring in Marty and he's in the warehouse at seven o'clock packing parts to get out to customers uh, that that that's a level of service that we really commend and I just want to say publicly a big thank you and a big shout out to Marty and his crew over there because as um, without them, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be where we are today in America and uh, I'd like to just say that on record, on the record thank you
1: my pleasure yeah well said
0: i think yes well nothing to add <laughs>
1: thank you <John. laughs>
0: you summarized everything now and uh, thank you so much for getting up so early to be with us today uh i have to apologize because at one point we had a little internet uh, um you know worry here so i hope you didn't feel any uh, uh disconnection so it was just you know our internet went down so that happened never happened before but it happened to them it just went on uh, smoothly so that's perfect uh, and uh, the the recording of the webinar will be available in the next uh, uh, two hours on the platform we pushed uh, Davis Craig's product back to the front page so go on there click on it uh, you can connect directly with Davis Craig and John will get back to you a big thank you for Marty uh, I mean as John said he's the perfect partner for all these brands here in the US Marty is not only a racer, but a, a, a gentleman, uh, a very business savvy guy, uh, you know, and, and and again a friend. So thank you, Marty, for your support for all these years. We'll uh, be back next week at nine o'clock. And Judy, we're going to be joined by the great people from
3: World Outlaws.
0: Very oh, good, nice. very good. So we'll, we'll see you guys in about a week. Thank Thanks you again. very much. Thanks Have a great day. Everybody. All the
2: best, all the best. Thank
0: you, guys. Bye-bye.